Hello, I'm Alex. I'm a journalist. Now the time's 11 o'clock. Here's the latest with Alex Regan. With more, here's BBC Radio Sheffield's Alex Regan. With more details, here's BBC Radio Leicester's Alex Regan. A wannabe stand-up. Hello, my name's Alex Regan. As you can hear from my voice, I'm a tosser. Both, uh... <laughs> and lifelong fat man. Babe, what are you eating? Just a bit of Nutella. With a spoon from the jar? Yep. But I decided last year was the year I was going to do something about it. I vowed to complete the Couch to 5K, get fit and go from technically obese to slightly overweight. Join me as I give you a week-by-week blow account of what it's really like to start running from nothing in my podcast, Run Fat Boy Run. Episode 2. Lockdown Laps. My New Year's resolution to finally complete the Couch to 5K after three years of stopping and starting had got off to a good start. Throughout January, I'd quickly gone through the first four weeks of the Couch to 5K and finally got to running a five-minute segment. It might not have seemed a lot, but considering I had been struggling to do 60 seconds at the start of the year, it felt like a crowning achievement. I'm not going to lie as well, I felt a little bit arrogant about how easy I found it to complete the first four weeks. I was cock of the walk, walking around, sauntering. Yeah, that's right, it's me, Alex Regan, runner. But then came the dreaded week five. Right, it's Sunday the 16th of February and I've been on week five of the Couch to 5K for about two weeks now and... The first run was three five-minute intervals, which I was able to complete after two attempts. I just sort of redid it. The second one was a set of uh, two eight-minute runs, and that took me three attempts. Now, considering that I was effectively power-walking at the end of that successful attempt, uh, I'm now expected to run 20 minutes non-stop in the third run in week five that's basically like going from playing chopsticks on piano to mozart concertos it's a big fucking leap and i mean i know i know that it's supposed to be harder but i feel like you could add a few more incremental steps in there and you know i'm not feeling particularly optimistic at my chances because i've gone back and had a look on Strava at where the last stumbling blocks were when I've previously tried to complete the Couch to 5k and every time it's been around week four and week five. It feels impossible to go from eight minutes to 20 but I'm going to throw everything at it. I've prepared myself quite well, I haven't drunk for the last three days, I haven't run for the last two so my legs are feeling you know well rested and I've had a good sleep lashings of water and most importantly I've perfectly curated my running playlist Greetings pot pickers and strap in for the runners and riders of the week 5 Run Fat Boy Run playlist making its top 10 debut at number 10 it's the first lady of song Ella Fitzgerald with Get Ready down from five last week to number nine, it's Britpop Stalwarts, The Lightning Seeds, with Lucky You. Are you running on a Monday? Well, Elvis Costello certainly thinks so at number eight, with Welcome to the Working Week. Superman's dead, according to the Stranglers, with No More Heroes at number seven. Put your hands up for first choice, with Armed and Extremely Dangerous at number six. If your friend's mugging you off, the streets have just the tonic with Don't Mug Yourself at number five. And back... After two weeks away, it's the Style Council with my ever-changing moves at number four. 
A non-mover at number three for those hilly inclines, it's Move On Up by Curtis Mayfield. And being pipped to the post after three weeks at the top, it's Train In Vain by The Clash, which means we have a new number one. Going straight to the top, it's a new entry, it's Roots Manoeuvre with Witness The Fitness. I set off and kept on going, and going and going and going until my breath got more forced. My ankles began buckling. I kept on staring at my watch. It went from 10 minutes to 10 minutes 30 to 10 minutes 45. 11 minutes 15 felt like an eternity. And then that devil on my shoulder, that little voice in the back of my head reminding me of what a shit I am all the time, just kept on saying, give up, go on, doesn't matter. You've already done your best run you've ever done. Just You can give up now, it's all right, just keep on going. And then I just stopped. That was absolutely brutal. Uh, Sarah Millican told me that I hit the halfway point and then I just kept on staring at my watch. First point was at 11 minutes. Then I waited an eternity to look look later and I'd only, it'd only been an extra 30 seconds and oh, just everything was aching. The, the back of my thighs are absolutely killing me. I don't... I knew I wasn't going to do it. Uh, I think going in with that attitude probably didn't help, but going from running eight minutes in a row to 20 just seems absolutely farcical. I think as well, one of the problems is that when I hit the sort of 13, 14-minute mark, I'm usually coming up towards a hill. Uh, That hill is my Everest, Dale Hill. Good effort, must try harder. Oh, sounds like my school report. The next week was spent trying to break that 20-minute barrier. I went back to doing two sets of eight minutes and then tried again. When that failed, I tried again and again and again until I got to mid-March and I was still on week five, only clocking 16 minutes constant running. And after the end of dry January, my healthy eating kick had ended. And on the cold, relentless three-hour drive to and from work, I took solace in the Golden Arches. Hi, can I have a double sausage, an egg McMuffin with a a meal with a hash brown and an Americano, please? A black coffee. Uh, Yeah, thank you. Despite keeping up my exercise regime, I was piling on the pounds more and more, and I'd gone from 17 stone 7 pounds at the end of January, back up to 18 stone 1 pound by mid-March. But like everyone else in the world, my weight loss regime has gone to the back of my mind. Right, you hear that? You hear that? That's the sound of my car door. That's the sound of my ignition. That's the sound of my automated car window on my 2007 Ford Fiesta 5-door Z-Tech. I'm off to Leicester to go and collect my computer. Probably the last time I'll be getting in the car for a while. Then I've got to go to Morrison's to buy essentials, which include several tubs of ricotta, phyllo pastry, spinach and Carmex lip balm. Wish me luck. As coronavirus spread across the world and the UK went into lockdown, I, like everyone else, buckled down and prepared for the new normal. I had the weirdest panic buying urges. I, 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 I sort of 
see the empty shelves and panic, but in a very middle-class way. Um, the other day, I was in Tesco and I thought to myself, oh my God, we have no preserves. So I started buying very expensive French raspberry and strawberry jam. It's absolutely mental. I haven't used jam since I was about 14 years old. Um, at the moment, it very much feels like an apocalyptic version of Supermarket Sweep. Effectively, everyone running around chucking as much as they can into their trolleys, but the highest ticket items are Dove Soap Bars E45 and kitchen towels. It looks like my sourdough starter has grown a skin. It looks slightly off, it looks like it's going mouldy. I know that that's what it's supposed to do because it's fermenting, but Oh, do I continue with this one? I don't know. Alex, I really don't have time for this. No, I know you don't have time for this, but I'm going to show you what I did. So, what it was like... Alex, I haven't, I genuinely no, haven't No, no, I know, time. but okay. So, it was open like this yesterday, and then it grew a little bit of the skin I on it. I don't care, I don't so care. So, I've closed the lid, and, uh, but there's still a little bit of air. Uh, there's an air trap there. And the reason, <laughs> the reason why you need an air trap is because... Alex, go the, away. The air has natural yeast in it and it feeds the starter and then it begins fermenting. <laughs> this matters to me, babe. <laughs> What's that song? <laughs> oh, I thought it was the theme tune. Uh, uh, no, no, the, the, the hold music for, no, the, um, oh, for the doctor's, for no. the doctor's surgery. It's... How does that go? No, Alex, I don't have time for this. Turn it off. <laughs> and like many, I took solace in eating and drinking. And by the beginning of April, my fiance Kel told me to make peace with being overweight. He just basically said you're going to lose weight. For all of these big life events. And things I didn't want to be chubby on my birthday. Yeah. Didn't want to be chubby at New Year. Didn't want to be chubby when I moved in. <laughs> How many the times did I not want to be chubby? I'm going to lose weight for the proposal. And then you did. Yeah, what did I look like it. on the proposal? Fit. Really? You always do. I don't care. But I think that because I love you for you, you kind of just giving up a little bit with the losing the weight. But as more and more was learned about the effects of COVID-19 on obese people, my nonchalant attitude about being overweight started to seem reckless. And then there was one particular victim that brought the effects of coronavirus home. Tonight at 10, the Prime Minister Boris Johnson has been taken to intensive care as he suffers the effects of coronavirus. It's 10 days since the Prime Minister tested positive. He was admitted to hospital last night and was said to be in good spirits. The, the news that Boris Johnson has been taken to intensive care over the effects of COVID-19, uh, you know, it has really rattled me because, you know, in a lot of ways we're alike. We're both, you know, um, I mean, very much a similar body shape. Like, you know, I used to do a joke in stand-up uh, where I said, you know, hello, my name is Alex Regan, or as some of my colleagues call me, the brunette Boris. Um, you know, I've... Uh, I started my job at BBC Leicester in August and the sports reporter uh, heard me open my mouth and said, oh, hello, my name's Alex. And went, oh, you're right, Boris. You know, uh, we've both got floppy hair, we're both rotunds and we both speak in a 
certain plummy way. But it has brought home what a handicap being overweight is when, you know, combating diseases and stuff like We're just learning about this sort of thing. And I'm, I'm the one going out to all of the shops at the moment. You know, we're locked down pretty, pretty well. I'm working from home. Cal's always worked from home. Um, but I'm worried. And, you know, she asked me the other day, what's my BMI? Am I obese? And, you know, I, I said to her, no, 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 I'm just under, I'm, I'm overweight. But I just checked on the NHS app and I'm 30.8 on the um, BMI calculator, which is technically obese. And, you know, if I was to catch this disease, I don't, I don't know what would happen. I used to smoke. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't say I'm in the rudest health. It scared me into action. I feel like I need to do everything I can in case I do get the disease and uh, so I can combat it. I decided to renew my resolutions to myself at the beginning of the year. My 30th birthday was at the end of July and I wanted to end my 20s fitter than when I entered them. I was going to double my efforts with the Couch to 5K and I vowed to lose £30 before I turned 30. But more of that in the next podcast. Run Fat Boy Run was written and presented by me, Alex Regan. New episodes will be released every Friday, so please like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're starting the Couch to 5K this year and looking for a bit of musical inspiration, why not access some of my running playlists on Spotify through the links in the description.